Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of Life Church in Perry, Georgia. Let's join Pastor Tim McLaughlin and go to the message. Praise God. Hey, I'm so excited. We are on the third episode of our series, Hidden Treasures. Uh, we've been talking about these, these hidden treasures and, and what they mean to us, what they should mean to us. Uh, our key verse has been Psalm 119, verse 11. Uh, the psalmist David says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So as we've been talking about these treasures, the hidden treasures, uh, we defined what a treasure is. A treasure can be different things to different people, but dictionary.com says a treasure is a valued item to be kept carefully. I like that. A treasured, valued item to be kept carefully. See, we all have things that we treasure, things that are valuable to us, um, but the Word of God is the greatest treasure we will ever have. Think about this now. Our, our Bible, uh, depending again, and I, I know there are some people out there that, that will look at different times, so, so our Bible is somewhere between eight, six to 8,000 years old. I mean, we can go back to Moses writing the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And, and if we go back to when Moses wrote those 6,000 plus or minus years ago, all the way up through the Gospels and the Epistles and the Revelation of John, uh, somewhere around 2,000 years ago, and yet this word remains forever. It has the power to change our lives, to transform us. It has the power to heal us. It has the power to give us wisdom. We, we understand that, that in, in Proverbs, the Bible tells us that the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and that, that we need to have this knowledge of the Lord that we can walk in this life. So when we think about what David is saying in I've hidden this treasure, this treasure in my heart that I might not sin against God. Listen, when we've got the Word of God in our heart, not just in our head, but in our hearts, we can walk through this life and not sin against God, walk in divine health, have every promise that He has given to us. The Bible says that all the promises of God are yes and amen for the glory of God. So I mentioned three reasons why people hide treasures. Three reasons why people hide treasures. The first one we talked about a couple weeks ago was to gain control. To gain control is to have self-control. To gain control is to have self-control. Now, I don't know how that affects you when I say that, but I'm just going to tell you, my toes curl every time I say that because that's an area of my life that I, I don't care to admit that I'm continually working on is self-control. Every time I think I have self-control in one area, maybe my 
eating or uh, the amount of television I watch or uh, you know how I deal with certain issues and situations in my life, God then points out another area of my life that I need to continually gain self-control in. All of us need to continually gain self-control in certain areas of our lives. Second Peter chapter one verses five and eight, five through eight rather says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To maintain control is to constantly be adding to your faith, our virtue, our knowledge, our self-control, our perseverance, which then leads us to godliness and brotherly kindness. Listen, when we continually add to our faith these things, it will help us to maintain self-control. And that self-control that abounds in us will not allow us to be barren or unfruitful in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we maintain self-control, we abound in the things of God. Secondly, we understood that the reason that we hide treasure is to be able to locate the treasure when we need it. To be able to locate the treasure when we need it. I mentioned to you last week that you know when you go to an ATM and you put your card in that ATM and you ask for a certain amount of money, if you have not first deposited that amount of money into your account, what that ATM is going to say to you is insufficient funds. So we need to make sure that we're making deposits so that when we need the word, we can make withdrawals. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed because they were not making deposits of the things of God. They were not making deposits of the revelation of God. They were not making deposits of the Word of God. And they were not able to draw from those deposits when they needed them. People are walking around ignorant of the things of God because they have insufficient knowledge of the Word of God. You cannot locate what you do not have. So how can we make deposits of the Word of God into our heart so that we can make withdrawals later? And I shared with you these four things. First, you need to read the Word. Now that's pretty simple, you would think. But so many people struggle with a regular daily reading plan. I send out scriptures. I've done this for many, many years where every morning I get up and that list continues to grow where I send out daily scriptures to people. We also put those daily scriptures out on our, our Facebook and our Instagram. And those daily scriptures are not much, but it may be the only word that some people read all day. And I pray that they get it into their hearts. 
I also mentioned to you when we first came to Life Church about chronological Bibles. I have read a chronological Bible every single day for 19 years. I've read the Bible cover to cover 19 times, and every year I get a new revelation from the Word of God. You need to come up with a daily reading plan that you can get the Word of God in making a deposit. Then the second thing we talked about was journaling what you read. Journaling what you read in the Word of God. So when I send out those daily scriptures every day, I sit down and I journal what that scripture means to me. When I read my chronological Bible every day and I read something that speaks to me, I journal about what I have read and how that ministers to me. You need to journal the Word of God. I, I understand this, that the more senses you use, the more you're going to retain. So if you're reading with your eyes, if you're hearing with your ears, and then you're writing those things, the, more, the better you have the opportunity to retain that which you've read. Let me say that again. If you read it, if you read it out loud and hear it, and then if you write it, you're probably going to retain it. Then what we do is we read the Word, we journal the Word, then we pray the Word. Listen, the best prayer you're ever going to pray is when you pray the Word of God. That's why we've talked about the prayer in Ephesians 1, the prayer in Ephesians 3, the prayer in Colossians 1, uh, the prayer in Philippians. There's all these prayers. Paul starts all of his epistles with prayers for the church that he's writing to. We can take those same prayers and we can apply them to our lives. We can take the prayers that Jesus prayed and we can look at those prayers and we can apply them to our life. We need to pray the Word of God. So once we have read the Word, once we have journaled the Word, once we have prayed the Word, then we can begin to study that which we have read, journaled, and prayed. Begin to study those things out for how they apply to our lives. Studying to show ourselves approved. Studying the Word of God so that we keep it in our heart. We need to make deposits of the Word of God so that they get into our hearts, not just into our minds, so that when times of trials, times of tribulations, times come, we can then make withdrawals from those words. The next reason that I want to talk to you about today, that we need to hide the treasure of His Word, number three, is to keep it from being stolen. To keep it from being stolen. People can take your printed Bible. People can take your phone. You can lose your phone and your Bible app and the notes you put in there. People can, you know, the, I believe the time is coming. I've said this before that, that I believe the, the days of church meeting the way that we're meeting may come to an end if things do not drastically change. Uh, I, I say within the next 10 to 12 years. Uh, I pray that I'm wrong, but I believe that any Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, truth-preaching church, uh, the government's going to come in and they're going to make some changes. We see this already taking places in, in, in states like Michigan where, where ministers, uh, if they preach against homosexuality, if they ple preach against the LGBTQ movement, they stand in danger of being brought up on charges for hate crimes. But if we are not careful, we're going to see this happen more and more uh, when it comes to preaching against the sin of abortion, when it comes to preaching against the sin of, uh, of drugs and alcohol, when it comes to preaching against the sin of fornic fornication and adultery. 
adultery. We, we're going to stand uh, as ministers of the gospel. We're going to uh, have to stand and, and be tried uh, for hate crimes and these things if people so wish. And so we need to understand that even the screens that are behind us where we put the scripture on could be taken away. So we need to get the word of God hidden in our heart. The Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief does not come except for to steal, to kill and destroy. The thief comes to steal. The thief comes to take away the word of God. The enemy cannot steal what is in your heart. He can steal. We, we've looked at Ephesians chapter 6, the fiery darts of the enemy, how we need to put on the helmet of salvation. We need to take on the shield of faith. We need, to, we need to equip ourselves with the full armor of God so that we can ward off the fiery darts of the enemy. So we know that the, the thoughts that come into our minds, the enemy's trying to come. But when we get that word into our heart, the enemy cannot steal. Jesus said, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, he says, Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot, conceal, can, cannot kill the soul. Let me say that again. Do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. The soul, your mind, will, and emotions. It goes on, says, But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Don't fear those that can try to kill your body, can try to come against you. All right, but cannot kill your soul, your mind, will, and your emotions, getting them into your heart. People, the enemy, can try to steal and scheme in many ways and areas, but he cannot steal what is in your heart. John 10, 28, he says, I have given them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Again, talking about praying the Word of God and applying those things to our life. Jesus says, I have given you, I have given Tim eternal life. And the enemy shall, uh, and let me read this again. I apologize. John 10, 28. I have given Tim eternal life and he shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch my word, snatch Tim, Snatch his life, snatch my promises out of my hand. Listen, God, Jesus is making us a promise. And when we get the word of God into our heart, when we get the word of God of salvation, when we get the word of God of the Holy Spirit, when we get the word of God of healing, when we get the word of God on how to walk a righteous life down into our heart, we will never perish, we will never be barren, and we will never be able to be snatched out of God's hand. I've said this before and I will say it again. I do not believe, I do not believe it's scriptural for those that preach about once saved, always saved. I believe that is a lie from the pit of hell. But understand that you're not going to quickly lose your salvation. It has to be something that you, that you purposefully walk away from. The enemy, just because you have a bad day, just because you have a bad thought, just because you do something bad, is not going to cost you to lose your salvation. Galatians 5 says when we practice those things, that means doing them over and over and over and over and over again. When we practice those things, we can walk away from God. But the enemy cannot snatch us out of his hand when we are truly born again and have hidden his word in our heart. When you are born again and the word of God is hidden in your heart, even the enemy cannot snatch us away.
John 16, 33. He says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Every believer faces seasons of testing. In fact, Jesus promises that trials are an inevitable part of life in this temporal world. But He also promises that He has overcome the world. We don't have to face our trials alone. Christ is with us and He has equipped us with everything we need to overcome. We need to read the Word of God over and over and get it down into our spirit man so that when trials come, we can grab a hold of it. We can make withdrawals. The living Word of God is not for us to simply think fondly or emotionally about, but a treasure of infinite value and substance that will transform our lives and equip us to live the victorious life. Philippians 2.5 says, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. How can we have the mind of Christ? Well, we need to know the Word of Christ. We need to know the Word of God. In order to have the mind of Christ, we need to know the Word. The Bible says that He is the Word. John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the Word of God. And when we make Him Lord of our lives, and we begin to read His Word, and we get His Word into our hearts, it becomes a treasure that no man or enemy can steal. In Luke chapter 8, verse 11 and 12, Luke chapter 8, verse 11 and 12 says this, now this parable, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. See, God uses scripture to strategically mold us into the image of his son and equip us for life. If we hide God's word into our innermost being, it takes root, transforms us, and becomes a guardian against our old nature, the evil world and the enemy. We used to sing that old song, I went to the enemy's camp and took back what he stole from me. The problem is too many people have no idea what has been stolen because they never really knew what they had. Jesus is saying right here in Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 11 and 12, the issue is not the sower. The sower is anyone that preaches or teaches the Word of God. The issue is not the seed, because the seed is the Word of God. The issue is the soil. The soil is the heart that chooses how or if they receive the Word of God. Understand that. Now, I've already told you, if the Word of God is hidden in your heart, the enemy can't snatch it away. But Jesus says right here that He takes the Word out of their hearts. So, am I, am I not telling you the truth? I am telling you the truth. The issue is, what kind of soil 
is your heart? Is your, is your heart stony? Is your heart uh, uh, dry? Is your heart bitter? Or is your heart good soil that allows that word to sink in and penetrate? Think about a treasure chest. If I take my treasure and I put it on top of the chest, someone can take it. If I leave the treasure chest open, someone can take it. But if I put the treasure in the chest and I lock that chest, it's a lot harder for someone to be able to snatch it away. Here at the church, we have a safe and we put money in that safe. That safe is locked with a combination. That safe is also bolted into a larger cabinet, which is very heavy and difficult. And it is sitting in a room that it makes it even more difficult. We have done everything to keep that safe from someone just walking in, picking it up and carrying it out the door. And that's what you need to do with the Word of God. You need to put it in good soil. You need to allow your heart to be pliable, to allow that Word to penetrate into that good soil so that it cannot be just snatched away by the enemy. Verse 12 then says, the wayside. The wayside. The wayside are the ones who hear, then the devil comes and takes away. The wayside. The wayside types of a person may hear the message, the word of God, but the message is seemingly wasted on them. Jesus said the devil comes and takes the word out of their hearts. People will hear the message, but instead of applying it to themselves, they say, well, so-and-so needed to hear that. Like prideful Pharisees, many hear the word, but mock and despise the message instead of allowing it to penetrate their hearts. Being deceived by the enemy, they choose not to receive the message. Being wayside hearers, they only heard the word in a superficial way. It remains only on the surface and they do not allow it to penetrate the heart, thus making it easy for the enemy to snatch away. Look at this in Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3 verses 12 through 15 says, Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, while it is said, Today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Sin hardens the hearts so that the hearer cannot and will not listen and receive the truth. Each of us is responsible to God for what we hear and what we do with what we hear. Romans 12, uh, 14, 12, Romans 14, 12 says, So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Each of us must cultivate our own heart. If one does not allow the word into the heart, it will never have opportunity to grow in their lives and it will then be easily stolen. 
Our hearts are that soil that needs to be cultivated to make sure that it is good, to make sure that it is open to receiving. It is open to allowing the seed of the word to take root. That is why many believe that King David wrote Psalm 119 and taught it to his son Solomon. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. The word heart is the Hebrew word lev, which means inner man, mind, will, heart, and understanding. Like a hidden treasure in the secret place of our soul, you need to hide God's word to maintain a life of self-control, to be able to find it when you need it, to be able to make sure that when the enemy comes, he cannot steal it from you. Our world is full of things that demand our attention, distract us, make us happy. They burrow their way into our hearts, often without notice. Some are beneficial, but many are not. I mentioned last week the need to read the Word, to journal the Word, to pray the Word, to study the Word. Why? So that you will memorize the Word, that you will allow it to take root in your heart. The easiest way to keep something from being stolen is to put it in the place the thief cannot get to. Jesus said in John 15, 7 through 8, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. The born-again believer must determine to remain in Jesus and let Jesus, the Word, the living Word, remain in them. We must store up His sayings. We must store up His Word in our souls, our mind, will, and emotions into our heart. Notice that Jesus says, if you abide, this is the condition. When believers abide in Him, we feel what He feels and His wishes become our wishes. If we learn to memorize Scripture, that means that the Word is abiding in us and we are abiding in it. Then we can ask according to the Word and God responds to His Word. As I mentioned last week, Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my record be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. When the word goes forth as the sower sows the seed, and as that seed is in good soil, it shall not return void. It shall accomplish what the Lord sowed it to accomplish, and it shall prosper. For those that abide in Christ and allow His word to abide in them, it shall prosper. The word prayed is the word of God that will not return void. Not only will we feel what he feels, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit in us, but we will know his wishes and his wishes are his will. You want to know the will of God? You need to know the word of God. 
And when you know the word of God and you begin to declare it and live it, then verse 8 says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. If you abide in the Lord and His word abides in you, not only will the Father be glorified, but the enemy cannot steal it from you. Jesus' desire is that we would be His disciples and that we would produce fruit, fruit that remains in our lives, fruit in souls saved. When the Father is revealed, the world sees and some believe unto salvation. When we hide His Word in our hearts, not only will we not sin against Him, but we will bring glory to him. Jesus again says in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Jesus is the word of God. Do you have him in your heart? Don't be a wayside Christian. Be a Christian that has hidden the word of God in your heart. The greatest treasure we will ever have is the Word of God hidden in our hearts. We start by making Him Lord of our lives. Then we become His disciples. To maintain control in your life, to be able to locate the Word of God when you need it, and to keep it from being stolen, we must abide in Him. Father, I thank you again for this word. I thank you for the opportunity to declare it. And I pray that today it has fell on good soil. That it would be absorbed in. That it would begin to take root and produce fruit that remains. Father, we thank you. We love you. And we give you all praise, glory, and honor. For we ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast of Life Church. If you are looking for a home church, please visit us at 100 Todd Road in Perry, Georgia, or check out our website at lifechurchga.com.